She's lived in Plato's cave, staring at the shadows on the wall. Now, she's been turned around to face the fire. Welcome to Game On Girl, the podcast where we talk about gender and game culture. I'm your host, Regina McMenemy. And I'm your co-host, Rhonda Oglesby. This episode was recorded on Wednesday, September 10th, and we'll be talking to co-founder and head of development for Giant Space Cat Studio, Brianna Wu. And we'll talk about how we've been geeking out, what we've been watching, reading, and playing. So stay tuned, and we're glad you're listening to Game On Girl. Today we welcome Bree Wu from Giant Space Cat Studio. Their story-driven adventure, Revolution 60, is available on iTunes. Welcome to the show, Bree. Hey, what's crack-a-lackin'? <laughs> We're delighted to have you with us today. Happy to be here. Thank you. Uh, could you give us a little bit about your background and history as a developer and a little bit about Giant Space Cat? Totally. Uh, so, you know, I uh, had failed in other careers I had tried, <laughs> including, um, I wouldn't want to say failed because I took uh, lessons from it, but it just, you know, it wasn't a good fit for me. Like when yeah. I was, um, God, when I was, when I was 20, I, I moved to DC to go work in politics and, you know, worked at the very highest levels there. Um, it was a good experience. It, it taught me a lot of things like about fundraising and about, you know, kind of political you know, working a political system. Um, but that wasn't right for me. I uh, went back to school, you know, worked on my degree, uh, you know, got out, worked as a journalist for a few years. Um, and, you know, it just, it wasn't right for me either. And um, I'd always been interested in computers. And, uh, you know, my tech skills have paid the rent for most of my life. And, uh, you know, I saw an opening with uh, Unreal coming to iOS. And, you know, just realized that this lifelong dream I'd have of, you know, having my own production company to make the kind of games I was passionate about, mm -hmm. uh, I realized it was the moment in time to, you know, leap in there and take it. So, you know, I assembled, uh, you know, about half a million dollars of capital. And, uh, you know, we just got in there and uh, decided to make a game. It was really that simple. Really? Yep. <laughs> that is the magic story of Brianna. Like, uh, <laughs> I just, I have one of those personalities where I say, like, um, I've got an idea, let's go for it. Like, when I was 19, I had my first startup. And uh, basically, we were putting together a television pilot. And, you know, I was, God, I was 19. I didn't know anything. I was. But you thought you did. I thought I knew 19, something at that age. 19 yes. thinks that they know everything. Yes. yes. Awesome. I, you know, I got, uh, you know, about half a million, no, about a quarter of a million dollars of capital. And, you know, we rented out a whole house and turned it into an animation studio. So, you know, this kind of leap in there and let's get stuff done. That's just my personality. Nice. Well, we'll recruit you the next time we need stuff done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anytime so you are, you a morning are you a morning no. person or a night person? Night person. Okay. I Yeah, there's a Heinlein quote talking about how it doesn't matter if you, like, there's the same amount of day, like, you don't, by shifting it around, you don't, like, get more hours during the day, you know? So, right. I mean, I'm a, I get more done from, you know, midnight to 2am than most people. <laughs> That's me. Yeah, yeah, I like you. <laughs> 
I wish the work world was like that. <laughs> well, that's why you own your own business. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's like, it's true. I rolled into the office yesterday at 1130. I was like, yeah, I felt like sleeping in. I'm like, what are they going to do? Fire me? <laughs> so now how did giant uh, space cat um, get organized? Who, how many people have you got there? So, you know, we had, uh, you know, like the game has shipped now. So we're kind of figuring out what our next direction is. But while we were working on the game, uh, you know, it was uh, basically a staff of five people. Uh, you know, we had modelers, playtesters, um, you know, animators, software engineers, layout people. And any game studio like goes through phases of bringing employees in and kind of having them do their job and then leave. Um, you know, we also had voice actors on here, but yeah, you, know, you could say accurately, it's a studio of about five people that made the game. Uh, and really, it was me just figuring out what we needed to do as we were doing it. Um, you know, I spent like the first year of this, uh, I have one of these personalities where I can just pick up a computer program and learn how to do it. So I said to myself, well, I'm going to learn how to do 3d. And I did, I mean, I created most of the universe. I did all the textures. I, um, you know, helped design the skeletal meshes and the world. I wrote the script. Um, wow. you, know, you actually really yeah. don't sleep, do you? No, I do sleep. I do sleep. <laughs> Absolutely. I'm, I'm 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 probing here because you sound like a cyborg, and I just I admire and envy you. <laughs> well, you don't see all the hours where I don't do anything. You know, oh, okay. like it's I it, it comes in creative bursts. Like I've and just been, hyper productive. Yes, I am. Yeah, okay. But I also go through periods of hyper laziness. <laughs> like, <you laughs> they know, go hand like, in hand. They do. It does. And actually this took me a long time to learn about myself. Like right now we've shipped our game and it's the downtime. And, you know, if I have to spend a day on the couch playing video games, like is, which is something I've done more than once lately, you know, it's part of that mental battery recharging as I'm figuring yeah. out what our next play is. Does that projects. make sense to you? Yeah. Yeah. yeah exactly. I totally get that. I yeah. totally get that yeah. before, before I launched the, podcast and before I sort of took Game on Girl to where it is now, I took, I think, about six or eight months after finishing my dissertation just literally to veg. And my brain just was like, okay, I need some me time. Yeah. And yeah. that's happening now. <laughs> that is precisely where I am right yeah. now. Yeah. Well, well, before we let um, our audience wander for too long, what tell us about um, Revolution 60. Yeah. So I don't know about you guys, but... Um, I've been really angry for many years about the lack of women in video games and strong protagonist roles. Um, yeah. it, it makes me really angry. I, I have to be honest with you. Uh, you know, I, my first game system was the, you know, NES in 1985 or 1986 and you know, no girls practically except for princess peach and, you know, Metroid. And right. you know, that, that really continued through super Nintendo PlayStation. Even today you see it. Um, and my mission with it was very simple. I wanted to tell a story where women weren't the girlfriend, we weren't eye candy, we weren't, you know, like someone to oogle, we were, we were just people. Mm -hmm. And this is what drives me crazy about video games today, because 
you know, women are not magical unicorns. Like we're, we're people, you Mm -hmm. know, we have, we have personalities and flaws and good points and bad points. And I really just wanted to tell um, a story where women were portrayed in a complex way. And I wish I had some deep story about that, but I don't. Um, I just, I was angry. (laughs) So, (laughs) so, um, so, uh, I started off with the script and I don't know if you guys have you know played all the way through it, but revolution 60 is intensely story driven cinematic game. Like there is nothing as cinematic, you know, is this game on an iPad even remotely. And, um, it it's is gorgeous. It is. It's, it's a beautiful. cool game. Yeah. It's, it's, I think it looks good yeah. I, for, for a team of five people to have delivered it. It's, yeah. It's, it's yeah. Very um, impressive. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's, it really is. I studied 24 because I think 24 is just a brilliant show. Mm. And I kind of yeah. mixed uh, the beats of 24 with some of the um, the rules I'd learned for writing character-based dialogue from my animated pilot. Um, so it was really a very deliberate mix of 24 and Sex in the City for having like <laughs> four characters playing against each other. And uh-huh. it's a joke to think about Sex in the City, but they would have different plots with people... Um, kind of being in alignment and playing off each other and being right. angry at each other. Yeah. Um, Constant so, sort of opposition or, yeah. um, or uh, uh, I want to say composition, but that's not the right word. It was yeah. either a coming together of two or more of the characters or right. they're on opposite sides of whatever right. issue they're exploring. Yeah, yeah. It, mm-hmm. it fragments, it comes back yes. together. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so that's very much the game. Uh, I wanted to create this extremely cinematic story of flawed, fully realized women. And also, yeah, I think if you're a creative person, you just have to be honest about what your passions are. And I love any movie where gorgeous girls kick butt. I, I do. I love <laughs> Underworld. I've seen it a hundred times. Like any, like Sucker Punch, I loved it, even though it's awful. Um, I just, I really love that. Um, I've, this is something I've gotten a lot of pushback on, but you know, I, every time I've ever played a game where I get to create a character, you know, I've never made like a, a frumpy girl with bad skin, you know, <laughs> I just tried to make someone gorgeous right. and, you know, so the cast of revolution 60, they're, you know, they're cool, they're gorgeous and they're real people. We don't have you know, shots staring at their butt or their boobs, you know, they're just portrayed as people. And I like the, um, the voiceover. Mm-hmm. There's no, we recently reviewed, a, an online game, which is incredibly gorgeous and, um, obviously very complex. It was hugely popular in China, but all the female characters have little girl voices. Yeah. You talk like this and, oh, he's so... And it yeah. was terrible. Couldn't stand playing it. Yeah, that's it's a I real felt, problem. Yeah, yeah, I felt demoralized. I didn't feel like a hero. Yeah. Well, that's the problem with this industry. And I don't know if you guys have followed what I talk about all the time, but I have devoted a lot of my career to drawing a line in the sand in this stuff because it really bothers me that every time I go to a professional event, it's nine men for every woman there. And the truth is, like, I'm not saying they're bad people, but guys value women for what guys value women for. And they kind of have this stereotype of what women are or what we should be. And 
you know, it's valuing us for our looks, for this like feminine allure. You know, this is why all the games that are funded by men and made by men for women are these candy coated pink awful gross stereotypes and it just doesn't ring true do you know what i mean yeah oh we know (laughs) yeah yeah Yeah, especially when i mean i think that that idea of take a video game and paint it pink or you know take the controllers and paint it pink and you're going to engage women started what in the 80s i think they they talk about in the history of game development that you know pink games kind of coming up in the 80s and barbie games becoming popular and i won't you know i won't say that those games aren't popular and that people and women don't like to play them but that's not the only kind of game that women want to play yeah there's nothing wrong with liking feminine things or right. being feminine. Well, or, and that's exactly what I'm thinking about when I'm looking at your character design and we'll put, you know, for our listeners, we'll put some, you know, screenshots and um, um, pictures of the characters up and the trailer so you guys can go see the game. Um, but I, I, when you're talking about, you know, wanting to make pretty characters, mm-hmm. I love the character designs that you have. I, I look at them and I don't see like huge racks. And although, right. you know, they are sexy and they're attractive, I'm not looking at them and thinking, oh, my God, her armor's about to fall off. Right. right. And she's going to die if she fights in this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I do have to say this because... You can't have this job for three years and not learn a thing or two. (laughs) And um, I have to say, like, if you meet me in real life, I'm very tall and skinny. And when I design my characters, like many artists, I draw female characters that are close. That's, you know, my body type. Um, That said, my consciousness has been massively raised over the last three, four years of having this job. And, you know, it's like, when you're you wake up from the matrix and you know (laughs) knowing so many women nowadays i do see now that lack of body diversity in games is a problem i do see the overweight girl as always the butt of the joke in games and not Mm -hmm. just in games and in movies in movies too and you know i do see now how you don't see any woman older than like 31 in a game ever yeah and that's something that my consciousness has been raised at and you know going forward we will do better at that um so you know that's very much on my mind like the characters are very tall and skinny and i've gotten a lot of blowback from that um that said i think it's about portraying them as people first and foremost Mm -hmm. and i think we succeeded at that yeah and i don't think there's a problem with a lot of times some some critique is about unrealistic Mm-hmm. portrayals and it's like okay are, this is a video game and we're talking about superheroes and stuff like that i love stylized characters right so i don't have a problem with any of that sure sure i mean it's very cartoonish you know yeah like it's it's anime so it's yeah. like no her hair really doesn't do that <laughs> oh can we talk it, about the hair because this is drives it drives me crazy in games like they never do 
female characters with hair that looks good ever no. because it takes bones and it takes engineering effort to right. make hair animate and pretty. And if you have a bunch of dudes sitting around, they don't care about that, right. you know? No. So, you know, actually, if you're talking about hair, this is a big engineering investment that we made in that. Interesting. I noticed that on your about page. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I I was very I was very impressed. I mean, th- those are the additional things I think that will inva- advance the industry in, in technology is to tackle some of these things that these little holes that have been skipped. Right, right. No, I couldn't agree more. It's fascinating because you know, as a you know, as a not a designer and mm-hmm. as someone who who views and and plays games, I would never think about what it would take to animate hair. <laughs> like, really? Yeah, it's just not some it's just not something that would cross my mind. Like, oh, it you know, maybe, you know, that's one of the reasons why there isn't more detail in some of this because it does take that f- extra energy to I'm going to look at hair more now. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. seriously, I'm going to spend more time looking at hair when I'm like in a game where I have a character creator. I'm going to I'm going to pay more attention to that. Well, I mean, I assume you guys played Mass Effect. and yeah, That's every... one of Rhonda's all-time oh favorites, which is one of the I... reasons why I knew this was yeah. going to be an inter- a great show. <laughs> <laughs> Unhealthily obsessed with Mass Effect. I'm just going to say that. By the way, Revolution 60 has a lot of cues from the, the gameplay of Mass Effect. But um, every woman I know that played that game had the same haircut for their femship because all the rest of them were so unbelievably bad. And I'm sure you guys have also had this experience of going to a character creator and it's like, ugh, ugh, no, oh God, no, no. And it's like, what's the, they're just all bad. What's it's the an least engineering problem. thing I can yeah, hear. Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Well, it's because it's designed by dudes. I right. mean, that's yeah. the reason. Yeah. And so what's the hairstyle that you see? Uh, that I see for uh, the Mass most, Effect. Oh, right. Most women I know that did Mass Effect took the kind of uh, you know, chin length bob cut. You know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like the, yeah. yeah. Is that what your femme shop was? No, she had a buzz cut. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. But you're an outlier. <laughs> yeah, I, it's yeah. not unusual. <laughs> oh, okay. That's not. And, and it's similar to how Rhonda wears her hair. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. So, yeah. Sure. If you look at the the self gamer, the you know creating identity, mm-hmm. yep, yeah. Well, I'm curious about something else that I saw um, about your um, Revolution 60 game mm-hmm. and your process of of creating it. And I'm going to read something off here. Um, the entire process was laborious and expensive. Yep. That that two of the male characters from the original script were changed to female to be modified from the base model. Yep. That sounds like a financial decision. It was a financial decision. Okay. Now, what I'm curious about, I, I love talking to developers. God, sure. I love talking to developers. <laughs> um, about the recent uh, backlash to Assassin's Creed because they said it was difficult to render female bodies. That's the reason why they didn't have a female character in the game. Yep. Um, am I getting that correct, Regina? Mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah. for as a as a game developer, what is your insight in, in what Assassin's Creed was saying? Oh, I could talk about this for a long time. So, <laughs> look, it is true that there is an engineering cost uh, associated with creating a differently gendered model. 
Like it, it just is like men and women are, you know, we animate a little bit differently. Our walk cycles are different. Uh, sometimes the mesh influencing bone structure is different, even though I know Ubisoft uses, you know, universal topology. So it's, it's, it's just fact. It's, it's factual that it would have cost them something to make a female assassin. The difference is GSK has like, you know, like we're working with every penny mm. and Ubisoft is a giant public corporation with, you know, billions of dollars. And right, the yes. truth is they just didn't make it an engineering priority. Right. Also, I have to say this. So I don't know if you guys played the Vita version of Assassin's Creed, but Avalene just used the male anim sets, like animation sets for running, walking, all of that in the game. And she looked fine. And Mm. it's because you would have to assume like Ubisoft is going to do what male developers do, which is, you know, hyper exaggerate her walk to make her sexy because that's what men tend to value in women. Uh, In fact, with our game, we would find ourselves purposely desexualizing holidays walk because it would be distracting and be like, no, that's cartoonish. That doesn't feel empowering the story. Right. It was taking, mm-hmm. I mean, you wouldn't feel this. One of the first versions of Holiday we did, um, like I'm just sitting there sketching from my notepad. And the original version of her like had a little bit of a cutout, uh, you know, along her cleavage. And, you know, I did it and I created a texture map. And we we're looking at her and we're like, you don't respect a military person that's showing cleavage. It, it just depowers her in some unconscious way it could be a cool looking design but it changes the way you perceive the character and in that same way if you want to interpret an assassin as awesome and able to kick butt you know like hyper exaggerating that stuff is going to be counterintuitive so you know i think it's crap and it's not going to be true to the story either yeah, like exactly you, you know the Marilyn Monroe walk, you know, that she was famous for. Right. Wasn't what she was, you know, what she would have been using had she been in a military situation, right? That was to bring attention to herself, not to, you know, create credibility as a soldier or whatnot. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. So I meant was, to tell you crap. guys, yeah. I uh, love your logo. <laughs> oh, the giant space cat logo? Yeah, that's Thank wonderful. Thank you. Uh, that was designed by uh, Rory Raphael, who did a lot of the stuff for Five by Five, and he did our first take on it, and we uh, just altered it. So, oh yeah, very nice. Yeah. It's basically a, a cat like with a fang and just looking like mm-hmm. it looks so mischievous, which is why I it like does. it. Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, I see it uh, attached to a high technology company as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 a great great mix. I just I have I have an eye for those kinds of things. I'm just I'm looking back. I'm reloading um, Revolution '60s uh, intro. That's why I'm noticing. It. Oh, our uh, <laughs> our whole opening movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just I'm going through and looking at Holiday again and stuff. And I was trying to pick out which girl I wanted to be, and I really liked. Um, the uh, character in the uh, black and white checkered dress because yeah, she was real retro. Yeah. But lady, she's later she's got like bug eyes. And I'm yeah. like, no, I don't like that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I, she's so, my, like Minuet is the commander in the mission. Like she's hardcore yes. and like yeah. 
will get her stuff done. So for that reason, she's my favorite. But. Yeah, and that's probably what will happen is when I actually get into the RPG mode of it, she'll probably still end up being my favorite because that's what I like. I go with the get the job done, yeah. go by the rules, it, no ifs, ands, or buts, great for the greater good kind of thing. So it was fun. It was fun watching all the all their characters unfold. So yeah, it's a good trailer. I think. I mean, I'm biased because I made it, but mm-hmm. I think for a game trailer, it's super cinematic. It's mm-hmm. like. I watch it and I'm like, I want to play that game. Even yeah. I've played it oh, yeah. Times, you know. Yeah. So, well, that makes me want to buy an iPad. So. <laughs> I was able to play it because I have a, a test iPad for my job. So. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, you know, it is coming to PC soon. We're we're just nice. about done with that translation. Oh, oh that's fantastic! I'm so happy. Because <laughs> <laughs> I got through the demo and I was like, damn. <laughs> I can't buy it on this work laptop. Oh. No, I'm, I'm amazed with how many people, maybe it's just the, the circles I run in, but I, it's, I'm amazed by how many people come up to me and they're like, I want to play your game, but I use Android or I have a, you know, mm-hmm. I don't use Apple devices. And, you know, it's, yeah. that's one of the advantages to using Unreal is we can go anywhere we want. So it's yeah. just smart choice. Yeah. It's it's engineering. So Yeah. So now how many ideas have you got in the uh in the pot right now for the next game? <laughs> you know, like we have a, a lot of the script for Rev sixty two, Revolution sixty two built up and yeah, you know, there are twenty four endings to the end of this game in oh, in four major quadrants. <laughs> Uh, Did you say 24 endings? 24 endings. Okay. And they're all, I just want to steal you in case you play my game. Um, So if you're an Ultra Mass Effect fan, like like myself, every time you do this, you're going, you make a decision, you're going, well, would this give me the best ending? Will this give me the best ending? Mm -hmm. And you're thinking about that constantly. And what I found with that is it, it makes you, instead of making decisions that feel morally right, you're playing the game. So with Revolution 60, um, all the endings have something good and something bad if you complete your mission. Like Mm. there's no best happy ending. Like you will sacrifice Mm. something and you will save something. Either that or you will straight up fail your mission. Mm. Um, If you do fail your mission, it is gut-wrenching it yeah. is horrible the the when you fail your mission and you see your characters dying it is i mean for a game with women in it you kind of expect it to be candy coated and it is grueling emotionally so well actually i expect yeah. that more from women developers <laughs> yeah. yeah i expect it to have that kind of gut-wrenching experience because yeah. i think much like you said on your site and as you're talking about here in our interview you know i think women are drawn to those kinds of narratives as yeah. as destructive and you know emotionally destroying <laughs> as they can be <laughs> Well, that's what hooked me on Mass Effect, and I think that's what yeah. hooks everybody else. Yeah. I mean, I remember more distinctly the emotional moments I had during that game mm-hmm. than any fight scene. Mm-hmm. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, yeah, uh, yeah Mass Effect 3, spoiler, uh, you know, trying to decide what to do with Rex. That yeah. was horrible. 
Oh, yeah. And I replayed that section so many times just because I could not make a decision. And that's what I remember. And, you know, that's the kind of game I wanted to make here. So, Yeah. yeah. Good job. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. But the the question was what else we were going to do. Like Rev 62 will come. Uh, One of the things is the next time I do a game, I'm not going to do Rev 62 with only half a million dollars. I'm going to need an entire million dollars because I'm not going to tax my team to that point again. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's just not fair. Like, especially with Amanda having a child and I just, I, I can't in good conscience in my marriage work that many hours for <laughs> years straight again. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're going to do it. We're taking a little bit of a break first. Uh, so the very next game my studio is going to do is, um, you know, my co-founder has very loyally stood by me and helped make the game I wanted to make for years. <laughs> and she had a child and she wants to make a quick, children's game mm. uh and you know unreal in the meantime is deprecated uh unreal 3 and moved to unreal 4 so i'm going to work with her for two or three months and put out this children's game that she wants to make and it's gonna be a great experience and that's kind of handling the technology for our next game mm-hmm. uh and then the game we're planning on doing after that is a bridge between rev 61 and rev 62 it's going to be called fifth survivor and it's kind of uh have you guys ever played dead space extraction or time crisis something like that i played the demo for dead space Okay. So I have enough idea of the game. Well, play. no, the Dead Space, like the third person one or the, the real shooter, Dead Space. The shooter one, I think. Okay, great. Yeah, yeah. that's it. Um, so we're kind of do, going to do a more arcadey version of Rev 60. Yeah. And part of that is because I want to work with Oculus technology. Um, <laughs> I so, would imagine that's a temptation for a lot of people in the, yeah, in the industry. It looks really, really cool. Yeah. Um, you know, we're going to move to Rev 60 to sometime next year, I'd imagine. Nice. Yeah. So now when was um, Rev60 released? Oh, God, it was January 17th. If I, I'm sorry, July 17th, if I remember correctly. And how how is how are the numbers looking on iTunes? It's been fantastic. I mean, oh, uh, awesome. yeah, yeah, no, we've been we've been very pleased with it. Uh, it doesn't hurt that, you know, I have a show on five by five as far as no, people to awesome. buy my game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, uh it's been good from the beginning. We also knew that most of our money was going to come from the PC market. Uh, so, you know, we're, we're definitely eager to get that version out there, mm-hmm. um, you know, and take that, that money from that. Like it was a, a multi-stage development. Um, I kind of frustrated right now, actually, we, we tried really hard to work with Sony uh, to bring it hmm. to PlayStation Vita and, I have I've worked with those people as best as I can and it's it's just on the way back from PAX it got to a point where we we were not going to work with PlayStation or Sony anymore. Mm. Um, oh. It's a it's a wider story to talk about like uh, yeah. Yeah, mm. um you know if there are other platforms like yep. Microsoft I'm going to start talking to them soon. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. yeah. They have the um uh, where Ska Studios publishes uh like then they have like an indie a separate indie market they do place. they do so i would imagine it would fit well there yeah it's 
the thing is, if you're a woman in this particular industry, my God, it's it's challenging no matter where you are. Like mm-hmm. if you're if you're just an animator or a marketing person or something like that, it is challenging. But when you when you run the entire studio and you're trying to do political stuff with these networks that are 100% male, it is immensely challenging to to fit in with this culture because they have friendships and relationships and opportunities in a way you just don't. Yeah. And it's, you know, one day I'm going to write a book about it. It's, it's, it's every day is an adventure. (laughs) So how do you see, how do you see the differences because of your sex? Right. How do you see, what, what are those differences? I could talk about this for so long. Um, I, you guys followed Gamergate last week, right? Mm, so, yeah, unfortunately, yes. <laughs> I mean, A, I deal with harassment, death threats, rape threats every day of the week. I get harassment nonstop. Um, I'm a target. I'm a target in a way that male developers and studio heads aren't. Um, beyond that, it's... it's I, I'll give it to you this way. I, I had a meeting with someone that we were we were trying to do business with one time and this is a business meeting and you know we're the we're there for business and the guy we're having a meeting with spends the entire meeting leering at my co-founder and like she leans over and you know he's looking at her ass and Mm. it changes the energy right in a way that's really uncomfortable and it's it's just a frustrating situation because you have guys that don't understand the consequences of their actions. But the main thing, like the harassment is something you can deal with and you have to. It's all the things you're not invited to. It's all the... Yeah. the exclusion. A- exclusion. Can I tell you how many tech developer events I've been to at nine o'clock at night at a bar. If mm. you are a woman, undoable with a child, mm-hmm. undoable yep. period. Yep. Period. And there's nothing malicious in them setting this up that way. And right. they don't think about the situation that, huh, maybe if you're a woman, if you're the only woman at a bar at nine o'clock at night and everyone's drinking, maybe that's not the safest environment for you. Yeah. They, they don't, they don't just don't think about these things. Mm. And it's, again, there's nothing malicious by it, but it's just an extremely difficult world to navigate. Well, and, and it might not be intentionally malicious, Yeah, but it's the, the malicious, you know, environment yeah you know that that idea of of women you know having to you know protect themselves there was that big thing with the nail polish that came out that detects rape drugs in your drink and it's like instead of teaching you know men not to rape you know not that every man needs to be taught that i'm not saying anything like that but instead of creating a culture where this isn't an issue we're creating a culture where we put the responsibility on the woman to dip her nail into her drink before she drinks it yeah yeah well, <laughs> to find out if it's, it's going to be some other woman right you know that's just saying it's going to be some other woman yeah that's right it's not yeah. Yeah. yeah it's not what avenues are you getting the um 
the uh, bad comments through? Or is that in comments to your podcast or, or your blog? Or wh- where do those seem to come from the most? I get, I mean, I get some on my, my Twitter, obviously, um, you know, like guys send me porno on my Twitter, you know, I block them. Um, I get, you know, angry harassment constantly on my Twitter. Um, as best as I can tell, um, there is some organized group on 4chan to systematically attack women in the industry. Uh, A friend of mine was like, hey, I found this page. You should look at this. And it had my name on there, my phone number, my email address, um, you know, all this stuff. And, you know, so like I've had people write robots to do nothing but spam my phone with die, bitch, shut up, bitch. You know, I don't know if I can say that on this podcast, like a bot to spam that to my text messages through iMessage all day long. Oh, God. Um, <laughs> you know, I have people, like, why was it PAX? Um, people sent me, I think it was like 26 instances of, you know, degradation pornography, like women in sexually degrading situations, like just to shock me. So, you know, it's stuff like that all the time on top of stuff that genuinely makes me fear for my life. Sometimes Mm. Um, I was showing some of the stuff I got during Gamergate to my husband and, you know, he's pacing the house, like really pissed off. Um, I should also say like, I'm a woman in my mid thirties. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not, I just, I can't imagine how you would emotionally deal with this. If you are in your early twenties trying to get started in this industry, I, I, I don't know how you had the armor to deal with it at that point. So it's, it's really tough, but part of what keeps me going is realizing that waiting for men to kind of wake up and include us isn't working. And it's up for us to build our own media institutions, our own companies and to get our own voice out there because you know, like it's moved so little since the nineties as far as percentage per capita in the industry of female game developers. Mm-hmm. It's it's not getting better. Yeah. Our representation isn't getting better. There was a headline oh, today yeah. that was um only ten percent of game developers are female. Yeah. And fifty per you know, and you know, this is building off the idea that fifty percent of gamers now are women and yeah. you know, and there's such a, you know, I mean, that's huge yeah. <laughs> difference in who's creating the games and now who's playing them. So it's, it's, and I tell you that 10% is going to include people from marketing mm-hmm. and other, yeah. it's, it's not the people programming it. Yeah. I, off the top of my head, can't tell you a single art director at a major studio that's a woman. Mm-hmm. And, um, it just, it's, I mean, you guys see it just like I see it. There's yeah. this huge disconnect in who's making the games and who's playing the games. Yeah. And I have, I'm just numb to it at this point. Like, I'm trying to play Danganronpa. And it's like, you're playing with characters with boobs as big as their head. And there's all this sexual childishness for a 10-year-old. And it's just like, give me a damn break. <laughs> I, I'm just tired Come on, of people. It. We can do better than this. We can do better. <laughs> I can do that. I'm sorry if I'm cursing on your podcast. That's all right. So... <laughs> do you have Do you have any idea what triggered um, getting you on uh, 4chan's radar? 
Uh, yeah, I speak up on this stuff a lot. I've had several oh, okay. viral talks. Um, I'm doing a corporate conference on Tuesday that's nine ways to stop hurting and start helping women in tech. And nice. um, what I found about this is just about every woman I know in the industry is terrified of this stuff. Um, but not many of us feel like feel strong enough to kind of stand up and speak against it. And I'm, I'm angry and it's writing articles for Macworld. Uh, it's, I don't know if you saw my article on Polygon a few months ago, but it was called no skin thick enough. It was talking about harassment that's happened to my friends. Um, you know, like one woman I know has had men write sexual fanfic of her and email it to her in, gross, horrible detail. And she talks about the costs that that's had on her personal life, like trying to just work in the industry, because now every time she talks to a man in professional capacity at the back of her mind, she's going, Mm. is this the guy that's sexually stalking me? Mm -hmm. And it it preys on her happiness. So Mm. I'm I'm mad. (laughs) We need to do better. Yeah, I, you know, we've said that and we've had other shows where we've talked about this and we talk a lot about not the culture of game development as much because we don't talk to game designers as much as we talk to gamers. But we talk to a lot of gamers and a lot of female gamers who have had multiple instances of harassment in game that that are, you know, similar in level and similar in impact. And and it does drive women away from gaming. And, of course it does. you know, I, I can't blame them for that. I mean, Rhonda doesn't play online with people she doesn't know. She yeah. plays with her friends. And, yep. you know, I'm less likely now as I get older to play with random people online because, you know, I was just last night I was on um, I got into the beta for the new World of Warcraft expansion. Um, and I went on and I was trying to figure out like how to play and somebody else in the general chat who was a female avatar, cause I went to look, um, you know, asked, you know, why is there no quest giver where there's, you know, the little, you know, um, exclamation point for the quest giver was on the map and we were all standing around there and there was nobody there. And, um, you know, somebody in the chat log said, well, just talk to the old man, you dumb bitch. And I'm like, yep. You know, it's it's a beta, so it's, you know, it's not finished yet, and it was pretty clear that all of the NPCs had disappeared from the world, so some major glitch had happened. And I'd run around for a while, and I got frustrated, and I logged out, and when I logged out, immediately another update started. Um, so I was assuming that something had been broken that needed to be fixed. But, I mean, even in a beta where there were, you know, there weren't very many people on at that point, that's still, like, the first place somebody went. Yeah. I mean, what a surprise. You can't yeah. have 30 years in a medium of women yeah. being bimbos, right. eye candy, sex objects, girlfriends, mm-hmm. just objects to have sex with. I mean, what a surprise. You can't have 30 years of that in a culture and yeah. then a culture has some problems seeing women as people. It's, yeah. it's shocking. Yeah. Do you think that as far as online stuff goes, do you think it's getting worse? I, I like you stopped playing online with people I didn't know a long time ago because it's, I mean, I could, I, I've had the same experience as playing final fantasy 14 realm reborn and you had the exact same thing happen to me. So I I'd have to be honest and say, I don't know. 
Um, I know the culture on Twitter isn't any better. And yeah. I think I, I, I don't know how closely you guys have followed Gamergate, but like my friend, Samantha Allen was just bullied out of the industry two months ago for speaking up on giant bomb, having no women on staff, none, not one woman there, major, major game site, arguably the most popular podcast, no women, no female perspective, period. And she wrote a piece about that, and they went after her and bullied her and threatened her until she left the industry. And then Gamergate happened, and they're going after Zoe Quinn. Zoe Quinn they're going yeah. after Lee Alexander. Lee Alexander, uh, yeah. Bullied Jen Frank out of the industry, Maddie Bryce. And it's like, there's this mob now that knows they will be successful if they yeah. try to bully women. So I don't think it's getting better. I think they know they can win now. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what a happy topic. <laughs> so how do women stay? The, the best thing I have come up with is I, 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 I think of it like a game. In fact, I've thought about making this game a lot. Like it would be like a survival horror game where you're a woman in the industry and <laughs> harassment takes away your hit points and not being invited to meetings takes away your hit points and the double standard take away your hit points. Yeah. Or somebody making a comment about how you should be at home cooking for your husband or something like that. A friend of mine had the lead art design uh, art art head on at a major studio comment on her dress in a really sexual way uh, just a few weeks ago. And it's like (laughs) massive loss of hit points. Yeah. The only thing I personally have found that makes it better are female friendships in the industry. And I think you have to really put yourself out there and look for those friendships because there are days where you just go, I hurt. Yeah. I am about to leave and I need to talk to somebody about this. That is all I know that makes it better. Yeah. I wish I wish I had something happier to say. Well, but, yeah. but that is, I mean that is in a way that is happy because it it is you know that's what makes us human or our relationships right yeah, and so right and, you know the fact that you have to f- kind of fall back to that is unfortunate. I, it sounds I, to me like you need to yeah. start a, a a tech woman's coalition. We absolutely have those. They are secret, and we don't let them in, and we talk about it very freely. Uh, yeah. That's, I have to tell you, like, it's, it's actually kind of awesome. Like, um, there are not that many women in the industry, and you hit a certain point where you know all of them. Right, and, yeah. You know, like, we talk about this stuff, and, yeah. you know, like, there are people I would not work with professionally because of what I've heard about them, mm-hmm. and... You know, sometimes all you can count on is each other. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But it's also why I feel so strongly about standing up on this stuff. And I, I hope it doesn't sound your grandiose, but I, I'm swinging for the history books as far as I want by the end of my career. Yes, I want to have made great games, but I want to be known as someone that stood up and made a difference on mm-hmm. this issue. And it's why I... It's like after PAX, I met 
a 22 year old girl there that just seemed crazy talented. And I took an hour out of my day to write her a really personal thank you note to say, you are awesome. You have talent. Don't let anyone in this industry tell you otherwise. Call me anytime if you need anything. Yeah. I think building that up for us to support each other. I, I really want to change that because it's, it's so incredibly wrong. Well, and that's, that's how it's probably going to have to go. It's going to yeah. have to take the women who are in the industry yeah. handholding and taking that personal time and giving those personal experiences to the women who want to get into the industry yeah. um, to, to get that kind of encouragement. Hopefully... Just having failed at yeah. things gives you, having made mistakes gives you immense perspective. Yeah, you know? I was I was just reading about that the other day, about the power of making mistakes and of failing and, yeah. and how useful it can be in, in developing as a person and just in general. Yeah. And you're right, it does sometimes take those failures to get yourself righted or to, to figure out, okay, this isn't working for me. How, <laughs> how do I go about this differently? <laughs> right, right. I I just can't help but think like the industry Gamergate was as bad as I've ever seen it. Yeah, it was dreadful. I I followed it on Twitter. I think it might actually be partially how I found you. Somebody had retweeted something that you had said against it. And I was like, who is this person? And then (laughs) I clicked on your profile and I'm like, I need to know this person. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. So, and, and, you know, yeah, it might have been negative, but, you know, there are some positive connections that do come out of these dreadful circumstances. Absolutely. (laughs) Well, I really hate to end the conversation. All I can say is at this point when... um, the time goes so quickly. We obviously have to have you back on, Bree. Yes. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Give me a call anytime. Excellent. Definitely have some more conversations. And if people want to uh, look you up or find out more about your writings or uh, your podcast, where would they go? So I'm embarrassingly active on Twitter. Um, <laughs> yeah, my uh, my Twitter is Space Cat Gal uh, with a K. The cat is a K. Um, my game is Revolution 60. It's on iTunes. If you're Apple inclined, you can go play it. Uh, and uh, where else can you find? Oh, my podcast on Five by Five. We are currently the. This happened, and my whole team was stunned by this. Out of all the video game podcasts in the entire world, um, yesterday we were ranked number three as far as subscriptions. Nice. Congratulations. I I couldn't believe it. And we were ranked higher than anything IGN does. We are ranked higher than Giant Bomb for a while. And I think it just really goes to say, like, my podcast is a bunch of women talking about games. And I think it really shows how thirsty people are for new voices. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Definitely. yeah. That's fantastic. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's called isometric, by the way. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, there yeah, we go. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we really thank Bree for joining us and we encourage you guys to go out and download the game Revolution 60 and to check out her podcast. Yeah. Excellent. Thank you for having me on. This week on our rap segment, we're going to talk about what we've been watching, reading, and playing. And uh, we haven't done this since the summer started, so uh, most of the stuff should be fresh and new, uh, even though I'm not particularly proud with what I've been doing. I I think... (laughs) 
<laughs> I'm not proud of myself. I'm slightly ashamed. <laughs> well, w- new jobs have been wrapping up yeah. and holidays. Actually, believe it or not, I'm already Christmas shopping. Oh my and... God, you make me ill. Well, really? the prob- the reason is my that my my sister lives in Guam. Yes, yes, yes. And I'm going to get to see her in a couple of weeks, oh. and so we are having Christmas in September. So you're having Christmas in September. That's sweet. Very nice. Yeah. So nice. all of you people out there, you've still got till December. Right. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah. We don't have to start rushing out and doing that right now. <laughs> no. But um, have you been reading anything lately? Uh, you know, I. I haven't had a lot of time to read, so I downloaded a new RSS feeder uh, called Feedly, which was a recommendation from our um, industrious intern, Isabella. Um, She suggested that as a reader. I haven't used a reader since Google Reader went away. Um, So I've been able to keep up more regularly with, uh, like, the blogs that I like to follow, like Jezebel, io9, and the Mary Sue. Um, Those are the ones that I kind of – I make sure I see everything that they've posted. So – yeah. That's most of the reading that I've been keeping up with. There's been a lot of news and a lot of stuff to kind of follow. So that's been yeah, keeping Polygon's up. been mentioned a couple of times. Yeah, I need to I need to look at that too cuz uh the Married Gamers mentioned that when we were on their show and um mm-hmm. Bree just mentioned it in this interview. So yeah, yeah, I think I need to check that out too. Although Polygon is the site I was on when we were on with the Married Gamers <laughs> that kept playing a video. It, yeah. <laughs> Oh my God. And I'm also, I was also using a new browser. So I'm going to go out and try it with, uh, with, uh, um, different browsers yeah, and see if I have the same. Trouble. I realized because when we were recording that show, I was actually on my iPad when we were recording. Um, and so I had Skype on my iPad and I was using my laptop for the links, but I had my laptop muted. So I didn't know that I was also getting the same commercial loading constantly. Yeah, Online. that's what I need to do. Yeah. I need to I need to switch the machines out because I yeah. can't do the show without having the internet. Out, no, so. yeah, you kind of have to be able to look at stuff. So, yeah. So what have you been reading? Well, I just finished um, The Girl with All the Gifts. And it's by M.R. Carey. And it's gotten a little uh, press lately. I've seen it in some magazines and some different things. I've heard it mentioned. Uh, it will not surprise me one bit if it's made into a movie, mm. um, even though it is a zombie story. Um, <laughs> well, there's plenty it, of those out there. Yeah. And, and what's what I'm seeing with that is a lot of new takes mm-hmm. on the zombie story. Yeah. And that's what this one is. It's a very fresh take. It, it, there's just really no way to explain it. Um, just if you're interested in it, it's got some, the majority of characters in it, the lead characters are women. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two male characters and it's just, uh, I don't know. I kind of enjoyed it with all the female leads. They, they carried most of the weight. They carried mm-hmm. the heart, they carried the monster, they carried the relationship and they carried the science. Nice. Uh, in the book so um i went i went through it pretty quickly it kind of lulled in the middle a little bit um but incredibly strong beginning and ending which is which reminds me the one i picked up afterwards um we're gonna have the immense pleasure of interviewing um author tim weaver yeah and if you guys have not uh read his book yet his first um, uh, american release is never coming back and it's part of his David Raker series. It's the number four book in the series, though. And after I finished and realized that it was book number four, Tim Weaver replied to me on Twitter whenever someone posted, I posted the uh, review of his book. Yeah. And just, I was 
kerfuffle. <laughs> um, like, oh, look. I was. It was he so talked nice. to me. Yes, I was. I still am. I'm, I'm totally unprepared to interview this guy. But I uh, went on Amazon and was able to find someone in the States who could mail me a copy of uh, the first book in the series. Nice. And the extremely long segue was to say that um, he's mentioned online. It was like, please be kind. It's rougher. It's yeah, you know, I've gone. I've gone. And I was sitting there the whole time I was reading it. And the opening of the book is really strong. I was like, man, I don't know what he's talking about. And the middle is getting a little rough. Mm-hmm. I see what he's doing, though. Mm-hmm. And I can see where his style is evolving. Um, it, it doesn't make me any less curious to see he just weaves a great mystery. Yeah. So nice. Very nice. Yeah. So what are you watching? Uh, I am watching uh, season five of The Good Wife which just came available on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay. Um, I've, I think it, it, that was, that's pretty much been my summer watching. I started watching season one just about the time we stopped doing a wrap. Um, it's a, a, a lawyer drama. Um, yeah. And it's got, uh, it's got some actors that I really like in it. It's got Chris Noth, who was uh, big on Sex in the City. Mm-hmm. Um, and his, he's a politician and his, one of his advisors, like I, I recognized him and I couldn't like place where I recognized him from. And then I finally realized that at the, at, he's the, like, uh, the nerdy kid from, uh, Romy and Michelle's high school reunion, the, oh, nerd, yes. the nerdy guy who like yeah. funds their shop. It's that guy. And <laughs> I loved him in that. And I, and I kind of love him in this too. Um, so it's got some good actors. It's very, you know, it's very drama driven and lots of, you know, dr- you know, dramatic things happening with, you know, politics and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and it's, you know, it's good fun for that. It's high drama. So there's lots of, you know, really s- s- dramatic love triangles and, politicians doing bad things that's how the whole the whole show starts out with you know chris noth his character's gotten caught with a prostitute and he's a politician and he's stepping down from office and she's standing by him kind of accidentally um and that's that's where the good wife kind of comes in so but she's a very strong female character and i of course i like that so yeah what have you been watching well, definitely that you can see the trend in um, TV watching changing because of streaming. Yeah, because you hear more, you see more and more articles ri- written about how to binge watch stuff. Yeah, well, like and, I, I actually tweeted about that this year. Um, I had students who listed Netflix as a hobby in oh, in class, and I was like, like it could kind of you know, like people might have said watching TV shows or watching a TV show before, but Netflix was a hobby now. Oh, that's fascinating. And then I and I mentioned it to Isabella, and she said, "Well, you do really watch things differently on Netflix than you do like yeah. just watching oh, TV." Yeah. So it is that kind of binge watching stuff. Anyway, yeah, yeah. Well, I've been binge watching Project Runway, and um, I'm on season eleven. It was so apropos because I got to episode six, and it had guest judge Joan Rivers. Oh, oh. So uh, I was just about ready to say, you know what? I think I've I've watched too much of this, and and it came on and said, you know, guest judge Joan Rivers was like, well, I've got to watch. I got to watch that now. <laughs> and it, it was one. It was a wonderful. It was a wonderful surprise. Um, and there have been a lot of um, 
shows that they're creating just for the streaming networks mm-hmm. like Amazon and Netflix yep. and, and stuff like that. They're good shows. Well, some of them some are. Of them. I was going to bring one up that I saw had an amazing cast and it was on Amazon Prime. It's called Really. And I went out and watched it. I stopped it in the middle of it. It was just, to me, it was vile. Mm. If someone watches it and they get something else out of it, but I just I just thought it was just really horrible. Mm. I can't believe they got that far to oh. actually putting it on the air. That's Because um, a lot of those, a lot of those shows are just, are really fun and great to watch. Yeah, I haven't watched any of the Amazon Prime content. I've watched a lot of the, um, actually, no, that's not true because I watched uh, that one that you recommended. Was it Deadbeat? Yes. Yes. Yeah, that that's one's a awesome. Little show. That's a great that's a show. Great, yeah, I love that. That's a great show. Yeah, the most of them are good. I mean, that's oh, the and reason, that's Hulu yeah. Plus. That's not even Amazon. I don't know oh, what your right. brain is. That's Hulu Plus. Right. Yes, Deadbeat's great. That's Hulu Plus. So, well, it sounds like you're back to playing WoW. Uh, yes, I did write about it on the site. I am back to World of Warcraft, um, and I've been enjoying it. I have a goal set for myself right now to actually finish all of the story content for Pandaria and the the story quests, which is not something I've ever done in any of the expansions that I have. So. I have two quest lines to finish in order to finish all of the story content for Pandaria. But I also got an invite into the Warlords of Draenor beta. So I have beta access to the new one. Cool. Yeah. So <laughs> that's I'm, I'm hoping to write some stuff about that or maybe do some streaming on our Twitch channel and, uh, and get some, some of that out there. Um, I haven't had a great experience with the beta so far, but it was kind of broken last night. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> yeah. And I'm playing a phone game that I'm absolutely addicted to, and it's all Ryan's fault. And it's called Spellfall. And um, you should try it, Rhonda. Come to yes. the dark side. Yeah. Come to the dark side. Always getting me addicted to stuff. Play this game. Yes. Is it a is it a social game? Uh. Yes and no. You get extra moves if you have, you know, friends who are also playing it and are on the same maps as you. Um, but there's no, you're not playing it against anyone. You're just playing against the monsters. And it's essentially, um, it's a role-playing, uh, like, bejeweled type game. So you're matching jewels and you have a set number of turns that you can take to, and every time you match three gems, you essentially create an attack against, you know, a bad guy. Oh, yeah, because you sent me an invite. I think I did, yes. Yeah, because yeah. I downloaded it, but it looks like that the only way that um, we can socialize is through Facebook. No, you can if you, because you know how they have the Game Center for iOS? Uh-huh. We could socialize through that. Oh, okay. okay. So you don't have to use Facebook, because I didn't hook Facebook up with it at first, but Ryan and I were still friended on it because we're friends on Game Center. Oh, okay. Well, that's so, probably it. Yeah, yeah. So you'd, okay. you'd have to, you have to be to get the extra friends or get extra turns or whatever, you'd have to have that turned on, but you don't have to have Facebook. Well, I probably just need to get into it a little bit more because I played it um, a lot when I was traveling to Dragon Con. Uh, yeah. Because um, it was easy to play. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the things that was kind of bugging me about it. It was just really easy. Yeah. At the first, I think the first, I don't think I died on the first two maps. And then, then the third map happened. Okay. And things changed. And it All right, got a go. little bit more difficult. But you it's have a pretty, It's a pretty game. It's a pretty game. It is very, very pretty. Um, it's got great graphics. And it's got an RPG element to it. So you have um, weapons 
and different abilities that you can use yes. with those weapons. And uh, that makes it really fun because you can kind of, you know, change and change the gameplay as you're going. And I am playing it on my iPhone, which says a lot because I typically don't like playing games on it because it's too small. Yeah. Um, but this works really well. On it does iPhone. work really well on the iPhone. It, it does. I'm, I like it as well. So, yeah. Cool. So what have you been up to with gaming? Um, well, I'm still, um, I'm still stuck in a, a spiral playing Dragon's Rise of Burke. <laughs> um, I mentioned on The Married Gamers that I met some people that are developing, I think it's Dragons of Atlantis. And I went out and tried it and was very frustrated because you can't really get anywhere because it's pay to play. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of raising dragons. So I went out and downloaded several. Nice. Um, on the Kindle Fire to compare them, and they all play exactly the same. Oh. These same dashboards, the same gaming techniques, the same methodology, oh, that's the, the gameplays, all exactly the same, just with different artwork. Yeah. So if I was going to pick one, I'm going to pick DreamWorks, you know, um, How to Train Your Dragon right. instead, um, because I'm familiar with those characters and I know the story. Mm-hmm. And I invested so far twenty dollars. I'm not spending another dime, <laughs> and I've played it for about a week. Nice. And that's just—I don't see how you can do a pay-to-play game without spending like a hundred bucks on a stupid mobile game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it is definitely for a certain personality, and mm-hmm. I, I can see my personality getting addicted to it because it's a—it's a, a farming game. Right. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. And to me, after a while, it's just, well, it's just repetitive. It's like, all I have to do is go out there. Well, I've got to wait an hour because I don't have enough logs. Right. Yeah. 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 So go out and get some more logs. And then in an hour, I can come back and play. Yeah. Uh, That's just uh, BS. I don't like it. (laughs) They're so cute. They're so cute. (laughs) My God. There is some element of that to Spellfall when you you have you have to wait if when you do get to the levels where you die or you get close to dying you have to wait time to recharge or pay ninety nine cents to replay to play immediately. So yeah, I'm looking. I, I've got my favorite dragon so far is Whispering Death. <laughs> That's a great name. He's got yeah, they've got awesome names. That's they're cool. Very, they're very smart. Yeah, and, and you always get toothless. Um, that's a given. But mm-hmm. anyway. So I'm ready to hatch a new dragon. <laughs> well, we'd love to hear how you guys have been geeking out as schools are ramping up and <clears throat> the holiday season's getting ready to start. We're after Labor Day. Summer is over. So what have you got lined up? Are you just waiting for the uh, <clears throat> new network television shows? Are you deep into NFL football? Have you got your fantasy football league going? Uh, let us know what you uh, read for the fall and what you game while you're uh, – significant other watches football (laughs) let us know how you're gonna geek out through the holidays you've been listening to game on girl you can find all our social media connections on our website gameongirl.com i'm the co-host Rhonda oglesby and you can follow me on twitter at row room that's r-h-o-r-h-o-o-m and i always link to stuff that i've got posted on instagram and tumblr nice you can also email me at Rhonda at GameOnGirl.com. And I'm your host, Regina McMenemy, or Doc Liz with two Zs, as I'm known on Twitter and Steam and pretty much everywhere else online. Huge thanks to Brie 
Wu from Giant Space Cat Studios for joining us on the show today. Yeah, it was so awesome. I mean, that was just such an amazing conversation. I'm probably going to be playing it over and over again in my head for like days to come. Yeah. Uh, please go out and support uh, Revolution 60. I don't think you'll be disappointed. No. With it. Uh, it's on iOS now and soon to be on PC. And so that's exciting. Very exciting. So what else is coming soon? What do we have coming up, Rhonda? Anything fun? Well, the um, slowly but surely by the end of the month, you know, network TV shows yep, it's will be coming. coming up. It's coming. Um, I think probably the most exciting things, there's not much in the way of movies. I'm sure some people are looking forward to the Maze Runner. Um, there's a really, really bizarre Justin Long. I'm a Justin Long fan, you know, the Apple guy. Um He's got a really bizarre movie coming out called Tusk. Mm -hmm. Um, Did you ever see the movie Centipede? No. Well, this is along the same lines, apparently. Uh He's a blogger or something. And he goes around talking to just different people about their stories, you know, just because you're interesting. Uh And he ends up hooking up with this old, old guy who apparently wants to turn him into a walrus. Okay. And begins doing surgery on him and replacing his body part it's a horror it's a it's a it's a horror thing but i don't i i can't wait to see (laughs) um then a really surrealistic uh movie the zero theorem which is definitely um up your sci-fi and fantasy type alley uh with christoph waltz if you saw him in inglorious bastards he was just oh he's amazing he's a wonderful actor and this is, if anything, it's eye candy. Mm. It's beautiful. Um, if you like Simon Pegg, I always just follow some actors. I don't usually always know what, but I always recommend really depressing movies sometimes. <laughs> and this is a happy movie. Um, it's Hector and the Search for Happiness. And it looks like just a heartwarming yeah. story yeah. about humanity and relationships. Yeah, I saw the, I saw something about that the other day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but the big thing is box trolls. Yeah, box trolls is big right now. Everybody's talking about it. Fantastic. It looks trailers. great. I mean, it just the, the artwork looks fantastic. It's just it's gonna be a it, it's gonna be so fun. Yeah. I just really look forward to it. I was thinking of something else when I re- mentioned Tusk, and now I can't remember. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, my friend has got a movie coming out. Oh, oh my god, can't believe I didn't mention it. In October, I'm pretty sure it's coming out in October, called The Devil's Hand. Nice. So it's getting ready for, I think it actually comes out the weekend we go to Geek Girl Con. Oh, cool. And it's all based off of the number 666. I think it's um, set with um, within the Amish community. Mm-hmm. And apparently the devil is looking for a spawn or a right-hand person. And he's picked these six girls uh, but they have to go through trials or something or whatever. Oh. It's just really kind of creepy. Interesting. Yeah, so. and it's got. Um, oh, I'm sorry, I don't know her name, but she played Deborah, uh, Dexter's sister. I don't know. I didn't watch Dexter. <laughs> oh, okay. Everybody <laughs> all knows she played Deborah. Um, super skinny. She's done some horror films since then, and um, a couple of other actors that you all will recognize. But all I, all, the only one I recognize is my friend Jim McKinney. So. <laughs> naturally (laughs) yep that's what's going on nice very nice uh and uh this year game on girl at least at this point in time does not have plans to participate in extra life 
Uh, however, the Married Gamers, who we were just on the other day, yes. are participating. So if you are looking for a group to participate with or would like to support someone, uh, Chris and Kelly are both uh, gaming for 24 hours uh, to cure childhood cancer. So please make it over to yeah. themarriedgamers.net and uh, support them for Extra Life. Yeah, and I'm pretty sure that uh, Nicole Hazen, Nicole, our listeners, yes. yeah, she's she always participates. She's yes. she's wonderful. Yeah. So check her out too. Go support. Absolutely, her. support everybody. So thanks for listening. Game on Girl is available on iTunes and Stitcher streaming. These links, along with references made in the show, can be found on our website, gameongirl.com. This podcast is edited by Ryan Broom at Desert Tree Media. And the theme song Good Day by Triple Fox is used under a Creative Commons attribution license. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, game on. Game on.